Hey y'all, how's it going? It's good to be back. It's been a minute, and by a minute I mean well over a month since my last episode. Um, but it is high time for another. Um, I'm very excited to be bringing you episode 3 of Off the Bench. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. It's going to be an exciting episode. Uh, I've got a lot to talk about between the NFL, the double... NCAA and the MLB. Uh, lots of stuff going on right now. Football season is back in the swing of things. Uh, college football just started this past weekend officially. Uh, everybody started playing their out-of-conference games, so we saw a lot of blowouts. But uh, there are some really great games on the slate for this coming weekend, so super excited about that. And uh, super excited for the outlook of this Texas Longhorns season. If you don't know, I am a big, big uh, Longhorns fan. Born and raised that way, thanks to my dad. Um, and yeah, they they looked pretty dang good in their season opener against Rice. Uh, the defense was pretty stifling. Uh, they allowed a kind of last-minute uh, touchdown. I was with like three minutes left in the game, uh, but before that it was 37 to three. So it was it was a pretty great showing, especially by the defense and by Quinn Ewers, who threw for 260 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I think that this team is going to be really solid. They're ranked 11 right now. They've got a decent schedule. Um, it's by no means a cakewalk. I mean, they got to go play Alabama at Alabama. Um, next week or this this coming weekend so that'll be a big one uh tune in at six o'clock saturday night for that game uh but the rest of the season honestly like yeah wyoming just won uh they had a pretty impressive opening week win um baylor is no slouch typically but i mean they lost pretty bad week one kansas has been better but they're still kansas um Oklahoma did have a big week one win, but we, um, I think that that game is always a toss up. And I, and I think that this year, Texas should be favored. Um, they got Houston who, you know, is, is not, uh, the steepest of competition. BYU should be a win. Kansas state later in the year is going to be pretty tough, but I think it's a winnable game. TCU looks terrible, especially defensively, so I'm hoping that we can get that one. Iowa State's not good. And then sorry to my sister who went to Texas Tech, but Tech is is not very good either. Um, so I, I honestly think that this could be uh, the year that Texas wins the Big 12 and, and possibly looks at a, a playoff berth. I mean, they've got the, the talent and the roster to do it um, and, a, and a favorable schedule, so I think if they can make it at least in the Big 12 title game, I think that they have definitely a chance to, to crack into that college football playoff. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, other crazy things that happened week one for college football, Colorado won, um, which you know not a lot of people were expecting. Uh, they beat TCU, who, who we just mentioned. Um, Colorado now coached by Deion Sanders, quarterbacked by his son, um, and there's a couple of Heisman candidates on that on that Colorado team. Um, 
And that's a team that's going to be coming to the Big 12 too. Colorado, uh, lots of different movement, uh, different instances of movement amongst college football in terms of conferences. Uh, Texas and OU are heading to the SEC. Uh, lots of teams are coming to fill spots in the Big 12. Uh, the Pac-12 is pretty much done. Uh, all those teams either moved to the Big 10, uh, the ACC, or the Big 12. So um, lots of movement there. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, these kind of huge like 20-team conferences, see how that affects the uh, playoff scenarios. Um, you know, other other really great teams in college football that, that I think might do really well in addition to Texas, um, now living in Tennessee, I kind of have to say that, that I'm rooting for the Volunteers. Um, and they're 1-0. They're, they're ranked 9 right now. Uh, obviously, I think USC is going to be really good. They've got Caleb Williams, uh, who won the Heisman last year and is, you know, in a good position to possibly win the Heisman again. So, um, yeah, I, th I think that USC is going to be good as long as, you know, they they'll go as, as Caleb Williams goes. I think this might be the year that we finally see some significant drop-off from Alabama. They do not have the skill position players that they have in years past. Um, they're ranked third right now. Uh, I think it's just because that's, you know, it's the Alabama name. Um, I think that obviously Nick Saban is no slouch. He's going to get the job done. But you can only work with what you have. And that, looking at the top ten, I see even outside the top ten because Texas is there at eleven. And I hope that Texas proves me right this weekend, but I, I see, you know, five or six more talented rosters than uh, Alabama. So uh, I, I really do think that Alabama might not even make the SEC title game. That might be a hot take, but I'm willing to throw that out there. Dennis knows out of, out of all people that I love hot takes. So that's my hot take for the college football session. Um. Another thing that was really surprising in college football this past weekend was how awful LSU looked. Uh, they got it taken to them by uh, South Carolina, I believe. Let me double check on that. I think that was right. Oh no, sorry, not South Carolina. Florida State. Florida State beat them 45-24. And man, that was yikes. I mean, LSU had a lead in that game, I'm pretty sure, too. Um, yeah, at halftime, it was 17-14 it was LSU, and then they just got ran out of the building in the, in the second half. Um, so that's not a good look for who was a five-ranked LSU. Now looking at them down at the number 14 spot, I mean, that's – and I mean, they don't have an easy schedule. That's, it's going to be difficult for them to do what they were hoping to do this year and, and make the playoffs. Obviously, next week against scrambling – I mean, LSU is going to get that win. If they don't, that's embarrassing. But the rest of the year, I mean, it's going to be tough. They've, they've got uh, Mississippi State, which rivalry games, you know, they can always go either way. Um, then they got Arkansas, who hasn't been terrible at football the past few years. Ole Miss, who's ranked, ranked at number 20. Um, then you got a couple of easier games, Missouri and Auburn. Auburn's not great this year, but again, another rivalry game could go either way. Uh, you got Army, not not going to be 
too concerned that Army might beat LSU. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Alabama, um, Florida, Georgia State, which is a really dumb game to have the second-to-last game of the year. Kind of a cakewalk. Um, and then Texas A&M. So, I mean, it's not an easy schedule by any means. So LSU is kind of digging themselves a hole by losing that first one to Florida State. And Florida State is, is no slouch either. They were ranked four now after that win. So kudos to them. And, uh, yeah, look out, LSU. Speaking of A&M, who is now ranked number 23, um, I'm so excited to be back in the same conference as A&M so that Morgan and I can, can live our rivalry uh, every single year. Um, so that's that's really exciting. They pounded New Mexico 52-10 to 10 in their season opener. Um, and I think that they've got a pretty favorable schedule going forward. Um, they got some tough games. Um, at home against Alabama, on the road uh, at Tennessee. So that's going to be tough. But, th- I mean, they've got some, some favorable matchups as well. They play my uh, alma mater, Abilene Christian, in the second to last week of the year. Uh, so that should be an easy dub for for the A&M Aggies. Um, but also, I just want to give a quick shout-out, speaking of the Aggies, to my buddy Morgan Peterman. Uh, was my best man at my wedding, and um, he has now started his own podcast um, where he just talks about Texas A&M sports, and I think specifically Texas A&M football. Um, released his first episode. Uh, it was kind of a recap of the game against New Mexico. If you want to check that out, just search Morgan Peterman on Spotify. Uh, it's going to pop up. I'm not sure if he's on any other platforms, but I know that he's on Spotify. That's what I use. Also, if you hear my dog barking in the background, uh, sorry about that. Luca is, is uh, in a mood today for sure. But, uh, yeah, anyway, Morgan Peterman, definitely check him out, um, especially if you're an A&M fan, uh, which if you are an A&M fan and you listen to this podcast, I hope to convert you to a Texas fan, but that's a, another story for another day. Moving on from college football, we have got NFL football that starts this week, which you know I'm excited for. Um, we've got a lot to look forward to, especially in the Cowboys season. I think it's going to be a great year for the Dallas Cowboys. I say that every year, just as every other Cowboys fan says every single year, this is our year. Um, really excited to get Dawson on here at some point and talk, talk some football. Really excited to get Clayton on here and talk about his Giants versus my Cowboys, which they kick off um, their seasons Sunday night in the Meadowlands uh, up in New York at MetLife. I guess it's not the Meadowlands, MetLife Stadium. They'll be up there. The Cowboys will be playing the New York football Giants um, at 7.20, so prime time on Sunday night. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, the Giants got a little bit better this offseason, uh, but I really don't think that this will be that much of a, of a struggle for the Dallas Cowboys. I think the, the Cowboys got better. Um, their roster is one of the deepest in the league. Um, Dak Prescott owns the Giants historically in his career. He just does not lose to the NFC East in general. I think he has four, maybe five losses 
since coming into the league and, and we're in, going into his eighth season. So um, I have faith in my Cowboys. I think that the offense is going to be great this year, um, especially with the addition of Brandon Cooks and Tony Pollard taking a more prominent role in that offense. And I think the defense is going to be one of the best defenses in the league for a third consecutive year. Uh, past two seasons, they've led the NFL in takeaways. That is the first time that that has happened since the 70s, which was the Steel Curtain, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, it's a pretty historic defense. They they force turnovers. They make you uncomfortable. They uh, push the action. They're going to get up you know, in your face. It's a lot of press coverage. It's a lot of man coverage, but we've got the guys to be able to play that um, uh, on the back end. And when you know you don't have pockets to throw the football into to, to kind of you know lead your guy, um, then then that pass rush, that elite pass rush of the Cowboys is gonna is gonna be able to be successful. Um, pass rush pass rush led obviously by Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. They've got weapons up front, um, and and I'll keep it real. I think that that the Cowboys this year have a really good chance to win. Their division, I think we'll see some regression in terms of the Eagles and what they can do. Um, not scared of the Redskins. I'm also really not scared, or not sorry, not the Redskins. Um, the Washington Commanders, um, as they've been rebranded. Um, but yeah, not scared of the Commanders, not scared of the Giants. Obviously the Eagles are good, but they lost a lot of defensive pieces last year, or this past offseason. Uh, so they're not the same team that they were, for sure. Um, and I think we're we're bound to see a little bit of regression from that offense as, as teams, you know, have a whole year's worth of film on, on how they were able to be so successful uh, last year and kind of steamroll their way through the league um, en route to the best record in the league. Um, so I really do think that the Cowboys stand a really good chance in that division uh, and the NFC in general. When you're looking around the NFC, and this is getting way ahead of myself, but I don't see much playoff competition outside of the 49ers. And and I know that we lost at San Francisco this past season, and there were a lot of things that contributed to that. Um, but I think when you look specifically at that matchup, I think that obviously we have the better quarterback, and if we have the better quarterback, um, I'm taking – the team with the better quarterback like nine times out of ten, maybe 90 times or 99 times out of 100. Um, I, I really just think the Cowboys probably have the best roster in the NFC, uh, possibly the NFL, but you could look at a couple of teams out in the AFC. Um, the Dolphins have a really deep roster. We've got them beat at running back, though. Um, you look at a team like the Browns, they, they especially defensively, they, they've got a really deep roster. Uh, but we have a couple of spots, uh, especially on offense, that I would take our guys. The Bengals, another really great roster. Um, the Chiefs, obviously, um, and, and then the, the Bills. And, and possibly the, the Jets might have one of the deepest rosters in football as well. Um, but those teams are all AFC teams. I'll worry about them when we get to the, the Super Bowl. Uh, and I'm saying when we get to the Super Bowl because... You know, it's way too early. We haven't even played a snap of real, real regular season football yet. But this is my prediction. I think that the Cowboys will go back to the Super Bowl for the first time 
in 30 years and beat beat the Cincinnati Bengals. I like the Bengals. I like Joe Burrow. I like the weapons that they've got on offense. Um, but I really do believe that this might be the one chance that I get to see a Cowboys Super Bowl. Um, and, and I'd be ecstatic if that happened. Obviously, I don't expect it to because uh, it's the Cowboys and they always find a way to break your heart. But um, that's my prediction. Um, there are a couple of key points to, to the Cowboys season. Uh, it's a pretty tough schedule being a playoff team last year um, and being in a really good division. That's kind of what they're paired up with. Um, some tough games. I mean, obviously, it's not, it's not going to be a cakewalk against the Giants. They're no... They're not just going to lay down for us just because Dak owns them historically. That's going to be a tough week one game. Then uh, we get to face the new look New York Jets uh, at home at AT&T. Week three, the Cardinals, that'll be a walk in the park. Should be, unless Kyler Murray's back. Uh, then he'll make it a little bit more interesting. That's in Arizona. The Cardinals have one of the worst rosters in football, so I'm really not too worried about that. Then we've got the Patriots coming to town, and despite the the talent difference between those rosters, you can never count out Bill Belichick, um, and he's really good against the Cowboys. He doesn't really ever lose to the Cowboys. Um, then you got the 49ers in San Francisco, where we lost in the divisional round last year. So that uh, that will be tough. That's another really loaded roster. Um, Brock Purdy, let's see if he can continue what he was doing last year as a rookie. Uh, see if he has, takes any steps backwards. People start to figure him out. But he was really successful last year as a starter for them. Then we got to go play the Chargers again in L.A. Um, and you know the Chargers got better this offseason. Uh, and Justin Herbert just keeps getting better. So, um, yeah, not, not going to be easy. Um, you got the Rams at home. Rams still have some good weapons, but um, yeah, I, I don't think that 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 shouldn't be a very difficult matchup for the Cowboys. Then you got the Eagles in Philadelphia, November fifth. Um, yeah, I mean it's going to be tough. It's the Eagles. Uh, we always, for, from my memory, from my recollection, we always seem to split that season series. So. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was one that we dropped. Um, then you got the Giants again for the second time at AT&T. Then you got the Panthers, who aren't great. Um, but you know, young, exciting quarterbacks have always seem, seemed to give the Cowboys trouble. Uh, and Bryce Young is that. He's young, he's exciting. They've got some good weapons around him. they got Miles Sanders from Philadelphia. they got Adam Thielen from Minnesota. Uh, they got some tight end that's pretty good, too. can't think right now. But, I mean, they, they you know, are going to be scrappy. That's in Carolina, too, um, who also, in my recent memory, I don't think the Cowboys have played very well at Carolina, um, at least to my recollection. Then you got the Commanders. Um, always an interesting matchup. I've, I've been to games where we have... You know, gotten the the pants beat off of us by the by the Commanders. Um, I've been to games where with Dawson, my buddy, uh, where we have absolutely 
trounced them. I think it was like 56 to 14 in the game that we went to. Um, but yeah, so then they're not going to be great this year. I mean, they got a, a really fresh quarterback in Sam Howell who isn't bad, but um, yeah, they just don't have the talent, especially offensively. Uh, then you got the Seahawks coming to town. Um, Seahawks were good last year. Uh, I think they're going to be just as good this year. I think Geno Smith is a legit quarterback. Then, I mean, finishing out the season is going to be tough. Four of the last five weeks are against really great teams that I expect to be in the playoffs. The Eagles, obviously. Um, that is a Sunday night primetime game in December. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. The, the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, they always present a challenge. Um, it's a divisional football, so it's going to be tough. Then we got to go up north to Buffalo, which might be uh, the hardest game to play on this schedule, I think, because it's going to be December uh, in Buffalo, which could mean snow, um, which they're used to playing in, and we certainly are not used to that. So that'll be a tough one. Then we're on the road again the week after that against the Dolphins, uh, who you know they just added Jalen Ramsey. They already have... Tua Tagovailoa, um, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, uh, just offensive weapons uh, galore with that team. Um, and then the next week after that, we got to come home and play the Lions, who, again, are just a, a really great team with a lot of really good weapons, a really underrated quarterback in Jared Goff. Um, and then we'll get to weeks, week uh, 18, where we get to play the Commanders again. But that's in Washington, which, you know, it's it's never fun having to play a game that probably will have playoff implications on the line on the road in Week 18. Uh, but that's probably what it's going to come down to. And I, and I really do think that despite the challenges that are in that schedule, I think the Cowboys have the experience and the talent to be able to compete and come out with a really good record. Um, so that's kind of my season outlook for the Cowboys. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to get things rolling. Uh, I do want to talk about fantasy football for a second. <laughs> a couple of leagues with my buddies that I've mentioned, um, Dawson and I are in a couple together. Uh, we're, we're in the one that Dennis does the uh, league management for, um, and Clayton's in there too. Uh, and then my buddy, Matt, he's the league manager for, uh, another league, where Seven's in there, uh, Dawson and, and Clayton as well. Um, so, that, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a good time. Um, and, and I really uh, I love fantasy football. Uh, I've got money on one of those leagues, so that's, I'm going to be a little bit more intent there. Uh, I've also got a fantasy league this year that I am the league commissioner for, so that should be interesting. Um, and I've got some pretty solid teams. Uh, um, I'm really uh, excited about those. I might I might post those on my Instagram and, and ask for some evaluation uh, from you, listener. So so be on the lookout for that on on our Instagram page. Um, it's just at off the bench underscore pod. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of brings us to the end of our football segment. Um, I'm gonna leave the 
basketball segment for another episode because I do want to get to the abysmal, abysmal Texas Rangers. Um, they they have been just flat out awful. Uh, they were in first place and looking good. Uh, at one point, I think we had like a six or eight game lead for first. I mean, we, we came out of the gate strong and and looked really good. And now, uh, well, I'll just get this out there tonight. They are losing nine to nothing to the division rival Astros. Um, and we haven't even batted through the order once yet. In fact, we've only gotten through our first six batters in the top of the third inning with no outs. Uh, and the Astros are in their third go through the order. So it is nine nothing. Um, Jose Altuve has hit three home runs in three innings. He hit two home runs last night. So that's super fun. And and I'm I'm really about to throw in the towel on this Ranger season. I, I'm I'm telling you, man, it's it's not fun to watch. It's not fun to listen to on the radio, which is what I've had to do and tune in that way. Um, a team that had seven All Stars, a team that was you know I think eight games up in in terms of uh, leading the division in first place, now is sitting in third place in the division, one game back of first getting blown out right now in three innings, losing nine to nothing. And I think we're one game up. Oh, no, we're one game back in, in the wild card. So this is a team that that had the best offense in baseball in the first half and was leading baseball in um, starter ERA and in team average um, and, and a lot of great stats that you want to be, you know, leading the league in, especially if you're looking to make a deep run. Um, started off 41 and 20, 21 games above 500. Uh, pretty insane, especially given the expectations coming into the season were not that high, and that was with several injuries. And so we thought, you know, we start getting healthy. We started to right before the All-Star break, and we we're like, okay, this is gonna, this is going to be great. We're, we're gearing up for a postseason run. We're going to make these trades to add to our bullpen, uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll we'll make something really great this season. And now we're sitting here at 76 and 61. So since that mark, we're 35 and 41, <laughs> six games under 500. Um, during the month of August, we endured a five-game or eight-game winning streak in the early part of the month and then suffered a eight game losing streak in the back end of the month. Um, went one and nine over a stretch of 10 games where we batted less than 200 and the on-base percentage was like 230, I think. And you just can't expect to make a run at the playoffs with numbers like that. And when you're playing division games, like last night where we are leading the game, um, at one point up, uh, what was it? Oh yeah, at one point up four to three, at one point up three nothing too, um, and then go on to give the ball over to the bullpen and lose thirteen to six. I mean, 
you just can't expect to be in a good position to make a run of the playoffs when when you cannot rely on your bullpen. And that has been the thorn in the Rangers' side over the past month. Um, it's been really difficult to just be a fan of this uh, and have to sit through it. Um, and yeah, I'm just not I'm not looking forward to <laughs> to how this season might end with us not being in postseason baseball. Um, it, it's it has to do with obviously the bullpen, a, a terrible almost seven ERA over the past month. I don't remember the last time that we gave the ball to the bullpen and they didn't give up a run. Um, the the batting with runners on base. I know during that ten game stretch where we went one and nine, we were eleven for eighty two, uh, which is a one thirty four batting average with runners in scoring position. There was a specific game against the Twins where we blew two saves, one in the ninth inning and then one in extras, where we went two for seventeen with runners in scoring position. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just really bad baseball right now. Um. We also had the injury bug bite us a few more times. Josh Young broke a finger. He's been out, I think, really since he's gone down. Because he went down during that winning streak. We have been absolutely awful. So that hot corner position is, is really important, especially when you know Josh Young is a big bat in the middle of the order that was consistently driving in runs. Um, Dolis Garcia has tanked. Uh, he was having a great year, batting over 260, almost 270 leading the team in home runs, one of the top guys in the AL in home runs. Uh, he's got 100 RBI on the season, but he has just been striking out left and right um, during that uh, awful skid that we had, the eight-game losing streak. I know he was batting like like 140. And from the from the cleanup guy in your lineup, you, know, you need him to come through. Um, the only guys that really have done anything for the Rangers over the past two weeks have been Corey Seager and Mitch Garver. Um, and, you know, you just need more contributors than that. Uh, Ezekiel Duran has had a really tough post-All-Star break. Um, oh, hey, we got a guy on second base. That's that's impressive. Jeez, uh, 9 nothing. I mean, that is just pretty shoddy. Um, guy on second, no outs for Ezekiel Duran, who... Had an average over 300 earlier in the year, and it is down to 277. Same thing with Leota Tavares, though. Um, and he's even worse. His average is down to 262. But the injury bug, like I said, was it, it bit. Um, Young went down. Jonah Heim went down for a while. He's back now, and he's doing well now that he's back. Um, Nathan Eovaldi, who took the start for the Rangers tonight and only got through an inning in a third, and then gave up uh, four four runs, and Dane Dunning came in, who is typically a starter, came in and gave up five right after him, so that's really good. Um, yeah, I could, I could go on and on and rant about how terrible the Rangers have been. Uh, I think that Ezekiel Duran just went down swinging, if I'm not mistaken. I know, he just grounded out, so that's good. Um, but yeah, I don't need to go on about how the Rangers are doing terribly because, uh, I, I think part of this is, is, uh, on me to blame. Um, I texted my group chat 
of, of Dennis Clayton and Dawson, uh, and then another group chat of Morgan, Seven, and Matt, and my buddy Zach as well, who's a Rangers fan and a DFW sports fan. And I told all of them, I was like, you know, I think the Rangers might literally be the best team in baseball. And I gave them a bunch of reasons why. Uh, and I think I can probably still find that text. But basically, I just outlined, you know, here's where they stand in terms of all these different stats. Oh, here it is. This was on August 16th. So literally barely three weeks ago. Uh, on August 16th, they were first in their division. They had a eight-game lead. Um, they were first in at-bats, second in runs, first in hits, first in doubles, fifth in home runs, second in total bases, fifth in walks drawn, second in average, second in on-base percentage, second in slugging, second in OPS. Pitching was even fine then. Pitching, they were 11th in ERA, first in complete games, tied for third in shutouts, tied for sixth in quality starts, fifth fewest hits allowed, seventh fewest home runs allowed, sixth fewest walks issued, sixth lowest on-base percentage allowed, fourth lowest whip. The defense was fine, too. Third best fielding percentage, second fewest errors, uh, most outfield assists, tied for most, seventh fewest stolen bases allowed, and sixth most double plays turned. And then I followed all of that. Uh, listing of statistical greatness from the Rangers by saying this is the best overall team in baseball. Everything we're second second on in hitting is to Atlanta, but they only have us beaten ERA for pitching stance stats. This might be the second best team in franchise history. And I would like to put in the record that uh, we do not. <laughs> that that is not the truth. Uh, I was wrong uh, vehemently, um, and and the Rangers might not even make the playoffs after that incredible start to the season. Uh, I know my dad's frustrated. Uh, I'm super frustrated. Um, my buddy Matt, who just started working for the Rangers, is extremely frustrated, um, and he's like a part of it, you know, and, and he gets to see it firsthand, all, all this chaos that has ensued. Um, yeah, so that, that's the terrible, terrible struggles that the Rangers have been having. Um, to end on a positive note, um, I will, I will definitely be looking to do this podcasting thing more often. Uh, you know, the last month has been crazy. We've had visitors several times. Um, Maddie started a new job, which is really exciting and great. Um, lots of work stuff for me that I've been busy with, but I definitely want to make time for this and I'm committing right now to at least get out an episode every week. So you'll be hearing a lot more from me uh, and hopefully, hopefully seeing a lot more of me uh, on Instagram and, and possibly getting some video production up here pretty soon. Um, so I'm very excited for that. Um, now that I've released my third episode, I think that you can go and donate uh, if you choose to on Spotify uh, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, and so with that, thank you so much for listening to my rant about uh, college football, pro football, and then the Rangers. Really, the only rant was with the Rangers. Uh, but thank you for listening. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to our next episode after the Cowboys get the dub uh, and the Longhorns go into Tusk. Uh, Tuscaloosa, is that right? 
Alabama. That sounds wrong for some reason. I think it's right. <laughs> but after the Longhorns go in there and get their win, um, I will I will be speaking with y'all again. Uh, again, thank you so much. Uh, tune in next time, and we'll see you real soon.